Hello everyone and welcome back to Spocktober. Spocktober. We're the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Anthony. Spocktober. My name is Chris. <laughs> Here on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys, we watch and review, or typically watch and review, straight to stream science fiction and science fiction adjacent media. And for the month of October, we were releasing bonus episodes with a theme. Can you guess the theme from the name? Spocktober. Spocktober. We were watching horror-ish or horror-themed <laughs> Star Trek episodes and talking about it. Uh, yeah. Last week, uh, we reviewed or discussed The Man Trap, season one, episode one-ish of the original series. And today, we will be discussing season six, episode five of The Next Generation, Schisms. Schisms. Man, look at his haircut. Nice. He's, he's looking pretty rough in this episode. Riker is pretty rough in this episode. Schisms. Blurbia here. Commander Riker's inability to fall asleep begins to show in other members of the crew in other forms, putting the Enterprise on the trail of a mystery. Ooh. You know, that blurb sounds familiar because you read it. I did read it last week or yeah. in real time yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> as we're recording these in advance. <laughs> 7.5 on IMDb yeah. out of 10, based on 2,700-ish K ratings. Median mm -hmm. score of 8, with an overwhelming majority reaching 33.2%, 904 votes. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, this episode is important to me because it has my favorite supporting character, my favorite minor recurring character Instant in Rager? all of TNG. Mr. Mott. Oh, Mr. The Mott. Bullion Barber. <laughs> I love the fact. Like, this is this is a joke, right? Like, Bolians don't have hair, but we see multiple Bolian barbers <laughs> throughout the series and in others Trek media. I just love that joke. I love that no one ever mentions it. No one ever asks but why. But this is a hundred percent a job. This is a a job that is considered it runs the gambit, but I think at a, at a baseline, it's considered lower skilled. Um, there are what, much, being there a are barber? some being, being, I guess, like, how a do I put this? Barber in the future? I mean, <laughs> the, uh, the barrier to entry to being a barber is very, very low. Uh, however, the barrier to entry to being a good barber, or one that I would want to go to, is pretty high. So it runs the gambit. The point is, is that on a show filled with military officers as your main characters, having a barber who is from a species that can't grow hair. I don't know. It's it tickles well, me. It tickles me. And this is a job that couldn't have existed for the Bolians until they were part of the Federation. One day, a Bolian was like, "Wait, man, I like your hair. That's that's really interesting. Why is yours a different shape than that person's over there?" And they're like, "Oh, it's because I go to a salon and get it cut." And they're like, "People do that? That's nuts. I want to well, do that. Like, it's just it's crazy." I got I got some news for you. There are Whoa. Bolians that have hair. What? Mm -hmm. I'm looking it up. You go to Memory Alpha, you go to Bolians. I'm, I'm on it right now. Third picture down is a Bolian with hair. No! Oh, the joke is gone. The joke is gone. Where is that Bolian from? What is that? Uh, Bolian males were completely bald. Okay, male Bolians are known to wear toupees on occasion. Bolian females were predominantly bald, although, however, there were occasional few who had hair. Now, are you sure? Look, I'm not... Are you sure that Bolians had hair, or is it that they've maybe interbred with other spacefaring species now that have hair and that leads to some of them showing hair. I don't I'm know. We've never with, seen a half bullion, so I'm gonna go with some bullions have hair and some don't. Oh, no. 
So maybe Boleans, since hair is so rare, no mm. rhyme intended, since it's such a like uncommon thing, maybe the, the Bolian barbers that exist are so highly skilled because if you don't do a good job, you know, you get thrown off the ship, you get thrown on an airlock. So maybe the Bolian barbers are the best barbers in the galaxy. Because I think even at some point, Picard even says it. He's he's like, there's no better barber in Starfleet whenever he, Riker, it's, it's that episode where Riker goes to, he's talking to him and he's like, I knew that we shouldn't have uh, gotten that close to the Cardassians. And then Picard says, mm. there's not a better barber in Starfleet. All right, look, look, he's still my favorite recurring character. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> In in this mo- in this uh, episode, trying to tell Worf that he should be using a conditioning agent on his hair is uh, it's comedy. It's pure comedy. I I stand corrected on Bolians having hair. I apologize for all the falsehoods oh, I've put forward. I'll dear. be posting a twit longer later concerning this. Uh, my bad. My bad, everyone. So schisms. This is we're jumping from uh, season one, episode one of TOS to. Early season six of TNG, so Star Trek is very different at this point. They've mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. several movies and, what is it, a few hundred more episodes of television in between there and here. This is the 238th episode of any Star Trek television show, which means there's been 237 episodes since. Nice. We gave the blurb. We talked about the IMDb rating, which I think is probably fairly accurate as far as like pulling the people. But what did you think about schisms did you rewatch this episode i did rewatch this episode i find schisms to be an interesting vehicle of an episode um i got big uh freddy krueger vibes only in the sense that so freddy krueger is a a horror villain whose power um over your dreams allows him to uh just essentially like it's called the nightmare on elm street but um he essentially is able to kill you in your dreams if you sleep and so Later on in some of the other uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, they're like, we can't go to sleep. And this is kind of the same thing. These aliens only take you when you go to sleep or when you're completely alone. Hmm. Very interesting. My favorite scene, which just probably might be your favorite scene, I'll go ahead and give it, is that um, when they're in the holodeck, piecing the torture table thingy from, like, from their shared collective memory, I thought it was really neat. I like this episode. What about you? I, I really enjoy this episode. I think it's a, a highlight episode for me. When we were looking at which Star Trek episodes to review for Spocktober. Mm-hmm. Spocktober. Spocktober. <laughs> Look, you started the bit. Sorry. You can't end the bit till the end of the month. Sorry. Sorry. We, we were looking at different lists. Like we just, we, we Googled, right? We binged it. We figured it out. And as soon as I saw schisms on a list of horror-themed Star Trek, I was like, that's the one. Like, we have to put that on the list. I think that was my only, like, non-negotiable for these four episodes because I think it's a really fun episode. And it's one of very few episodes of Trek as a whole that gives me creepy vibes the whole time. Even re-watching it uh, yesterday for the, I don't know, doesn't time. (laughs) (laughs) That scene with him laying down and then immediately the chime going off on the door. Creepy. Them piecing everything together in the uh, the holodeck. Excellent scene. Probably the highlight scene of this episode. I I love that they grab some random extra as well in there. So like, like it's not just the bridge crew, guys. It's this random civilian that has no relation to anything. Like, oh, okay. Riker and Worf. Well, I'm going to take a step back. 
It is the two manliest main cast members that are are impacted by this. It's showing them having PTSD-style reactions to everyday objects, right? Like, Worf has a, I don't, know, I don't want to call it, I don't know the exact terminology, um, but he has a, a negative reaction to barber scissors, right? I mean, things yeah. that, that they could hurt you, but let's I face it, the, you know. I think the word you're looking for is trigger. Yeah, they're triggered. He uh, Riker is triggered by the fact that there's two Phillips head screwdrivers in the console. Uh, no, he's he's triggered by the, the Helms console because of the smooth surface, like the tactile response triggers these memories Think of something that he doesn't quite remember. And and I like that it's them. And I like that Riker's like, well, maybe we should get together and talk about it. It's like very subtly pro therapy <laughs> and group therapy as well. In a way like that I didn't catch, I think, the first probably first couple of times I watched this. Yeah, you got your two manliest what would be considered with your your toxic or traditional definition of manly, be your two manliest characters who are like, yeah. Let's go to group therapy and figure this out. Let's figure out what's wrong with us and get right. You know, yeah. what is happening? Jordy's also involved. And obviously it impacts, impacts a lot of other characters, data, some no names that never come back, uh, some recurring uh, extras, that type of thing. Um, but I really enjoy that it impacted them. I think for a Riker centric episode, I think it's, it's really, really good. Uh, another piece that was really creepy to me that the end of the show, end of the episode, the aliens leave and never come back. That's not surprising. That happens 17 times a season, right? Sure. Uh, like, where are where are the butthole aliens? They go, and they stick out of the back. They, their little butts wiggle out the back of your neck, and they take over Starfleet, never to be seen from again. Nope. But something that's never mentioned again that I think is, to me, is super creepy. Like, if I was in Riker's shoes, everything up to this point is freaking me out, right? And then I go to the doctor, and they do a full examination. They're like, hey, your arm has been surgically broken and reattached. <laughs> like, did you know? Like, what? Like, what, what are you talking about? What do you FYI. mean? My, somebody has been, like, it's bad enough that I'm, like, losing time. Something is happening. Maybe there's an alien presence. Uh, maybe, you know, whatever. Like, who knows, right? But someone or something has removed a limb and reattached it more than once. <laughs> that creeps me out, man. That creeps me out beyond anything yeah. else that happens. It's two, it was two microns shorter. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, yeah. nope, I'm out. I'm out on all that. So no, I love this episode. I think that it's a very good horror episode, especially with how different it is than last week's Spocktober. Last week was, was a creature feature. But this uh, this episode has very little, if any, like jump scares. It doesn't have like a lot of dark scenes where something's haunting them or anything like that. It's just, it's a creepy mystery and creepy things are happening to people. Yeah. Which makes it even more creepy because it's just like yeah they're just going about their normal lives and hey your arm that sucks yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely uh it definitely falls more on the suspense side but it also we talked about the seemingly non-aversion mm. to to group to therapy or group therapy or whatever but like just the fact that everyone was so comfortable going to see counselor troy about it right yeah. how what does her schedule look like <laughs> Right, Dude, she so, has she has to have appointments. <laughs> she gets to sit on the bridge for hours at a time. Like, what does she do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe, like maybe there's something about Betazoids that we don't really know. Like how, like how Data works. The he works Alpha Shift, but he also works like Delta Shift because he right. doesn't need to sleep. So maybe she only sleeps like three hours a day. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I can totally just do all this. Sure, <laughs> you're right. It is yeah. weird how she has patience. 
but well, like she has to be able to cancel on them at a, at, a, at a whim because the captain needs her for something. Sure. Right. Because of her special, like, uh, like her special, what is her? Now I was going to say powers or abilities, but her, her special skills, her, her skill set, her unique contributions to the film, her unique contributions. Does she lead a team of counselors? No. There's 1,500 people on this ship, right? Like, she's the only therapist? She's probably, like, the only therapist for, like, the command crew. Oh, sure. She's the head one. She handles them, but... There are probably civilian contracted counselors, but she's the one, like, she's the one who gets, like, the... Oh, sure. Like, well, not only the command crew, but, like, she gets referred... You know what mm. I mean? Like if something's a major problem, like that kid whose mom died. Well, yeah. You you yeah. go speak to Counselor Troy because she can, since she's empathic. You think she's just super efficient? Like like because Maybe. of her empathy, she's she can get done in thirty minutes what normal therapists can get done in sixty. She's I don't like, know. I only I only do thirty minute blocks, man. I am good at this. Well, there's that one episode where she loses her abilities, and then that lady is like, "Oh no, I'm completely cured." And Troy's like, no, I think you need some more time. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 I'm cured. And she's like, okay, well, I guess you're cured. And then comes back like a couple of days later, like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah. She would have pushed past that at the very least. Yeah, so maybe, who knows? Sure. I imagine there's other counselors, maybe not as trained. You know how like there's there's different types of therapists there's different, or psychologists or, or psychiat- sure. psychiatrist is the word I'm looking for. Um, so there might be different things, but she does just seem to just do whatever uh it's crazy this leads all into my rant about how there's not enough contractors on the enterprise d civilians of some sort i'm looking through here on memory alpha it doesn't necessarily say but deep space sun had several counselors during its time in operation let's just like we can just suspect that there's more than one she's just she's the hot dog i guess i'm looking up is counselor troy the only counselor on the ship there's never a single mention of other counselors on this ship. <laughs> I've got I've got a neat little thing. Okay. At the very beginning of this movie, or this movie, at the very beginning of this episode, when um, Riker or Riker is passing out in Data's poetry reading, <laughs> who is the person sitting on the couch with Picard, like almost shoulder to shoulder, like leaning it? Like, is that a date? That I don't. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like that extra that's just on the couch with him. Let me see if I can find a photo to share. They looked like they knew each other. They like shared a knowing look like, oh, yeah. Well, cool. Kaminer. Here we go. Is a member of the crew. Well, she's a civilian member of the crew. She was the person that was in the holodeck with the three. And she's also at the poetry reading, but she's not the one sitting next to the card. Like, who is that? I don't know. Who knows, man? He does have She's an extra that they couldn't find a spare Starfleet uniform to fit the fitter. And so, well, they do that. They do that again in, um, there's another episode of TNG where he's on a date with Mm. someone, but it's an instant. Like it's one of the, like you see you're on the bridge. Oh really? That doesn't seem like Picard. Yeah. 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 She's just there. (laughs) Maybe they're just friends, you know, it's in J I think, I think that's who that is. Ensign J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who that is. Ensign J A E. Oh, okay. We're getting uh, way in, off topic of this. Yeah. In the episode where Troy is leaving, Guinan says that she's gonna try to become counselor. And Guinan says, quote, Well, yes, you're leaving. That means there won't be a counselor on board, and I suppose I'm going to have a very long line at the bar. 
It'll mm. be nice to have a nice office too. <laughs> a very, very Guinan line. But yeah, okay, apparently she's she's it. That's got to be. That's a lot. That's a lot on one person's shoulders. Oh my God, dude, this. I'm sorry. Ensign J has so many appearances in TNG. She's got. I'm, I'm not even gonna count it. And it's all the same character. She's also a Borg drone every once in a while. Uh-huh. But um, yeah. I'm going to send you the screenshot right now if you want to post it up on. Yeah, send me that. The send it to me. But there's so many instant J's. Is this is this all from? Yeah, this is all T- one character this or is one actor. All TNG. Yeah, uncredited and yeah, right. Sometimes a Borg drone. <laughs> wow, from 1990. That's a. I mean, if you're going to be an extra. Yeah, man. It was, she like, seemed very comfortable with both Picard and Commander Riker. She sat closely to Picard in schisms and in inheritance. Riker had his arm around the back of her chair. <laughs> wow. Man. All right, Ensign J. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, 63 <laughs> appearances. Crazy. Well, I, I kind of, you know, I whacked poetic. Whacked? I waxed right. poetic about this episode, how much I like it. I like a lot of the themes. Um, I like just the the kind of unfurling of the mystery. How do you rate this episode? Uh, I think I'd have to agree with the consensus. I think 7.8. I'm, well, seven. I'm sorry. I think it's a 7.8. I think it's a little bit higher than a 7.5. The, the psychology behind PTSD is something that we're still like learning about, like as humans mm. right now. And so like watching it on screen in such a way that doesn't seem contrived or like unnecessary. These people, these characters aren't defined by what triggers them. It, what defines them is like their reaction to everything that's occurring. So instead of them like breaking down, and I'm not casting aspersions on anyone who does this, but like coming together unifying at a time of need and like strengthening their resolve. I think is really cool. It does. I mean, it's just, you know, numbers, you know, because <laughs> what happens if like, uh, maybe Worf never goes to see counselor Troy. Right. And so they never find out mm. what's going on. So instant R- rager stays in subspace. Um, and also terrifying in, in and of itself, uh, subspace, uh, <laughs> <laughs> an area of space According to Memory Alpha, subspace is an integral part of the universe distinct yet coexistent with normal space and its respective space-time continuum. In this episode, Jordy LaForge states that subspace has an infinite number of domains, and he compared it to a huge honeycomb with an infinite number of cells. So, like, the offhand chance that they managed to somehow run into these dudes again, like, very low. But the fact that, like, they're still out there and exist is spooky. Like, it also kind of, like, plays into the whole, like, alien abduction thing here on Earth. Yeah. You know, yeah. the people like, oh, you know, I have this lost time. I, you know, I, I was driving my truck and I, I was at a stop sign. And then five hours later, I'm at the same stop sign. It's cool. Imagine getting abducted by aliens in space. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it, I, I didn't even think about that. Like, that being a parallel to just normal alien abduction stories. Or, like, modern, I should say. That's good. That's good. Uh, fun episode. Uh, do you like it more or less than the man trap? Knowing they're very, very different episodes. I think I like it more. Like I think it's it's aged better as an episode. The idea of assault vampire is really, really neat. But I think the premise of aliens from another dimension that's scary. That's truly scary because, like, yeah. the mathematical probabilities state that there might in fact be assault vampire somewhere. But <laughs> space time continuum blows my mind already. So I don't want to. It's think pretty about crazy. It. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> so yeah, what about you? I don't know. I'm a little, I'm actually kind of split. I like the man trap. 
I don't think that it's necessarily like, I don't even know if I put it in my top anything as far as Star Trek episodes or even just original series episodes. But with that added lens that for a lot of people, this is the first time they're meeting these characters. It's the first time they're meeting Kirk and Bones and Spock and Uhura and briefly Sulu, who seems to have a different job. Putting it under that lens, it's, it, it makes it like a, a little more interesting to talk about, if that makes sense. There's a lot more there. Mm-hmm. While in Schisms, these are well-established characters. Like you mentioned, there's, we're in season six, right? With 20 episodes plus a season, we're well into Next Generation. Or, I mean, with seven seasons, we're closer to the end than the beginning. Closer to the end than even the middle. So it's it's a bit different. The interactions of the characters are different. It's approached differently. So it has just a, a little bit of a different vibe. So I think I lean a little bit towards enjoying the man trap more. But also watching it last week was only the second time I've ever seen it. So maybe it just has more of an impact. Unlike Schism, which I've seen. Sure. You know, I've seen it on its own more than once. And then I've re, I, you know, I've watched through the whole series at least, I don't know, four or five times. So yeah. um, I've, no, I've seen you. it quite a bit. So it, I guess maybe it's an exposure thing, but they are very, very different, like extremely different. Yeah. Did you have, did you have an idiot of the movie? I mean, it, it's a tie between Jordy and Riker. Okay. Because had Jordy never come up with the idea of using the warp core to boost their sensor array, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and then it had had Riker never approved it, you know, none of this would have happened, mm. allegedly. So it's still okay. So let's talk about the plot hole. Riker was having trouble s- sleeping before they did the warp core thingy bobber with the yeah. sensor array. So was uh-huh. he being kidnapped already? No, I mean, or is he just like tired, and that kind of makes the the start of the kidnapping like he has insomnia, so the this or is just not sleeping well or whatever. In my head canon, he's just really jealous of Captain Picard and Vincent J, and he just so can't. He, stay, he just stays he, up all night thinking. He's about tossing it. and turning about it. He's in, <laughs> he's inspecting his teeth and his eyes in the mirror. He's like, man, yeah, am yeah. I? Do I not compete? What is happening? <laughs> he doesn't even have any air. <laughs> it's the accent. Riker, I'm sorry. Will just doesn't have the accent. Okay. No, but I mean, in all seriousness, it's a little bit fuzzy. So either he was getting kidnapped before, and so the aliens had found them already, and Jordy's experiment just like made it worse, or it's a coincidence that just... But, it, but, but I like that it's an open-ended question. I don't necessarily need it yeah. answered. It could be a plot hole if you think about it hard enough. I mean, it's up for interpretation. It's all just depends on how you perceive the characters and the actions. My idiot of the movie is Dr. Beverly Crusher. Okay. And Jordy. Because Jordy is in engineering. The computer says, there has been an EPS relay explosion in Cargo Bay 4. And he's like, "I I got three crewmen down there. Oh, crud. Immediately calls for medical and hazard teams to meet him in Cargo Bay 4 because there's been an EPS relay explosion. And then it cuts to the outside of Cargo Bay 4, and here's Crusher coming with her medical team. Casually. Yeah, casually walking. (laughs) Oh, is this the way to Cargo Bay 4? And Jordy, like, walks up at the light. We don't see his whole run. You know, so maybe he, he, you know, he grabbed Worf and friends along the way. He's just getting up to it, and he's like, oh, where's, where's Beverly? I don't, where's the medical people? And then Worf goes, there might still be, like, pressure and blowback. Like, he's talking about, you know, blowback yeah. when we open this. So he moves out of the way. He completely moves out of the way of the door. Data's opening the door because he'll be fine. 
when the door opens, you can see Jordy and Beverly in front of the door. They just got told an explosion might come out of. So yeah, they're idiots for that whole scene right there. Whole scene. They're like <laughs> taking their time. Oh, maybe those crewmen will die and I won't have to actually do anything. I'll just sign some yeah. paperwork later as she walks <laughs> up. And they're like, ooh, maybe I'll die. Let me stand in front of this freaking door. Watching it yesterday, it's the first time I noticed them standing in front of the door like that. I was like, what What are you, what are you doing? They are so, no. very cash about the whole situation, yeah. Very ca- They're just crewmen. Yeah. They're not bridge officers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was this guy's name? Boimler? Sad. <laughs> Sag. I uh oh so we both got Jordy for different reasons, but then we're we're split on the on the other. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Riker was sleep deprived. So I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm gonna defend him a little he bit. He still said yes. He could have said yeah. no. Something we haven't mentioned yet. This episode is famous for a reason that we haven't really talked about. We've briefly mentioned the scene. This is the episode where Ode to Spot is birthed, recited, <laughs> created, discovered out of the creativity of an android. That scene, every time I see it, is equal parts amazing and aggravating. Because you, you can, you have to appreciate like the effort that went into this highly technical rhyming ode. But it's so bad, and you could just feel the palpable like everyone's just like, please stop. Just please, please stop. <laughs> I don't know. Do you Enough. like Ode to Spot? I mean, it's one of those. Um, I mean, the problem with it with Data's poetry is that it's technically brilliant, but that's mm-hmm. not what makes poetry great. And, I, and Jordy does a really good job explaining to him like what message, like what it, what are you trying to say? Figure that out and then say it. <laughs> right. He think he calls it clever like fifteen times. Yeah. I mean, it's wordy. I mean, it's uh, your rhymes were clever and your words were clever and your cadence your was cadence. Uh, clever. Clever, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Those were the questions I had. I, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you're doing horror-themed Star Trek, I think you have to do schisms. Even if you disagree with us and don't think that it's that 7.5 or 8, or what did you say, 7.8? I think it's a 7.8, yeah. I'm giving it a solid 8. Solid 8. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm going to bump it right up there. I'm going to lump myself in with the majority of people. All right. It's your podcast. It is your podcast. Do what you feel is best. Yeah. I guess I will. I don't, shoot. I don't know. <laughs> Next week on Spocktober. Spocktober. We'll be reviewing or discussing season two, episode 14 of Deep Space Nine, <gasps> Whispers. Chief O'Brien's world is turned upside down when, for no reason whatsoever, he is being ignored by his family and friends and is being closed out of every essential job on the station. It's a good episode. Solid episode. If you all have suggestions for other horror-themed Star Trek episodes, things that we should have done that we haven't done or aren't going to do, let us know. You can email us at scififiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Uh, if you have suggestions for other straight-to-stream science fiction or science fiction adjacent movies or television shows that we should check out, let us know that as well. Well, uh, we love getting suggestions. It makes our scheduling process that much easier. Stay healthy, stay hydrated, and uh, let your counselor know if you can't get any sleep. Good advice. Maybe the best advice you've given. Someone else could be having that problem too. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
Sorry, did I talk for too long on this one? I really, really like no. was like, let me talk about this episode. No, I love it. Fine. I know, I, so, I didn't realize bullions could have hair. It kind of upsets me that the whole joke has been ruined. Allegedly, allegedly they can have hair. We've like you know we've seen it. We don't know if it's necessarily a wig or not. 